Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Podcast. To find out more about the Worklife Hub and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Hub Podcast. I am your host, Agnes Uheretsky. If this is the first time that you are tuning in, let me just say a few words about this podcast. We speak to authors, researchers, business thought leaders, for them to share their knowledge and insight on work-life balance, leadership, culture change and organizational development. In our work at the Worklife Hub, we help companies reform their workplace to create a culture that embraces diversity and work-life balance. We are passionate about building vibrant and engaging workplaces that are great for employees and customers. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do this via Twitter at WorkLifeHub, on our LinkedIn page or on our website. We're always happy to hear how you like the podcast or any other ideas that you would like to share with us. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the listeners of the WorkLife podcast. This is your host, Agnes, and today we're going to be speaking about a very exciting topic and cover um, a country that we have covered in the past, but um, it's been a while now. We're going to speak about India and the situation of women working and work-life balance in India. Um, As our listeners, you know that um, mid-career is always a tricky time for women. Um, This is when they usually have everything going on at the same time Either they have to make a career choice or they have children, uh, they would like to move up uh, the career ladder or have to take care of maybe their elderly parents. And there's uh, quite a a big absence of choice for many. So then they end up leaving the workforce for a long time or permanently. Uh, And this is going to deprive them of a fulfilling career and also the industry of real talent. Now, to bridge this gap and to empower women, Sari Shahal co-founded Shiro's in 2014. Um, This is a community, it is uh, curating jobs, and I'm super excited to have Saidi joining me here today from India. Hello. Hi there. Hi, Agnes. Thank you for having me on the show. So I think the statistics or the numbers are quite staggering because you have helped, um, you have helped over 40,000 women find work that they can combine with their busy family lives or their interests and you have over a million women in your community that's absolutely amazing so Sari, um you are a serial entrepreneur you have a mission to redesign the way we work and live especially for women in india so that's it is an absolute pleasure to have you. May I ask you to start off by telling listeners about your your passion and your journey and and what led you to found Shiro's? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, absolute honor to be on the show. And this is a topic that I absolutely am passionate about. So uh, yeah, this is mission critical. And I think the journey for me has been uh, perhaps the one that millions of women have 
have been through. So I was born in a very small town in India and uh, in a very middle class family, which meant that really your privileges were sort of, you know, very average and uh, the world was sort of very, uh, it was very constrained. And what really it implied for me was that, you know, uh, it, it's still not easy for women to be out there in, you know, in 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 a lot of frontiers, right? In leadership roles, uh, access to resources. Women traditionally do not inherit property. Uh, you know, they consider be a liability then there's a whole lot of social stigma but at the same time i think uh, what has also transpired is uh india of the 70s is very different from india of the 90s and uh, as somebody who's seen a transition somebody who sort of has been a business owner has been a mom has also been the statistic you know that that i serve today the segment that we serve today i think a lot of my own journey sort of got translated but at the same time, I think the thing that sort of really led me to do this was that, you know, we, we are now a technology-driven society and technology can really change the game. And I think what I'm really doing is marrying uh, the potential that, that you know, uh, bridging the gender, gender gap holds for us and the technology that's available to us. So these are two sort of, you know, key pillars of, you know, the work that we do. NetNet, what we're really doing is we're putting women's aspirations on the map. You know, if you went online and if you searched for women, you would find a lot of stuff which is very pink in nature, right? Everyone wants to sell clothes and jewelry to women, but nobody wants to talk about our aspirations our ambition about what we want to do, our startups, our leadership roles, our creativity. And I think what we're really doing is we're creating the space on the internet for that. And while today we're doing it for India, the fact remains it's, it is it is a very common thread. It is a very common aspiration for women all over the world, really. So Shiroz is really a community that's all about women and their growth and anything that makes it happen. Fantastic. Um now, maybe talk a little bit about what is Shiro's, um, what, what kind of a platform it is, what are the services that you offer, how do you run this community? Absolutely. So, uh, basically... Think of Shiro's like a community, right? So we all know of communities offline, right? We know of communities of interest. We know professional communities. We know communities of things that are, you know, relevant to us, communities of support. So it is really a place where I think women come in bound by the fact that they are uh, they're all looking for growth and they can give help and they can get help. You know, so there's a give and take and it's not just, you know, information that's available to them, but it's more than that. So the, the critical pillars of this community are one, we, we put out opportunities of all shapes and sizes. And it is true that careers are not a ladder. Really, they're a maze. People, everyone navigates those differently. And the idea is to be able to make available opportunities which might be relevant to a vast not number of people this could you know include somebody who wants to work remote this could include somebody who wants to set up a business this could include somebody who runs a small business this could be true or somebody who's in a big corporate role uh, or somebody who lives in a big big city or a small town 
I guess aspirations and personal fit is very different for each person. And that's what, you know, the kind of opportunities we offer sort of cater to. At the same time, we have built a very, very strong pillar of mentorship. And we realize basically uh, it is it is a system of support that binds it all together. You know, there's enough information on the net and there are enough jobs on the net and there are enough sort of, you know, schools and colleges to go to. But it's an ecosystem of support. So we built a very strong system of mentorship via uh, three levels. So there is what we call expert mentors. So people or uh, US. I know who are domain experts, CEOs, coaches, entrepreneurs who are very passionate about women in leadership, women in the workplace, women in entrepreneurship are, are part of Shiro's as partners and volunteers and affiliates and share their wisdom on the platform for people who, who are looking for that kind of advice. So that's one, one significant piece followed by peer-to-peer -peer support. If you are undergoing stage in your career, let's say you're just starting out your career, it would be very helpful to hear from somebody who's also undergoing the same crisis. Or if you're going to start a business or you need help in raising funds, uh, there are a lot of people who might have very similar stories. So the idea is to create a, create a system of support, which which is very peer-to-peer, -peer, and I can talk to people who are like me, and, and that exists within children. And third is we run a very, very unique piece called the Shiro's Help. So on the Shiro's app, there is a little tab which says, Ask Monica. And Ask Monica is basically a personalized career helpline available 24-7 and real-time to women all across. And the idea is to say, hey, you know, I may not be sure of, uh, you know, putting my in public domain, or I'm not even sure whether I know what my question is, but I want to talk to somebody. Career helpline is a superbly unique initiative that runs 24-7 uh, via our app and we work with women and answer their queries of you know which which range from you know the kind of opportunities they're looking for the kind of space they are in life uh, you know emotional issues issues of you know abuse sometimes unfortunately uh, whatever they want to share and I think that's that's a very, very strong pillar for us. And apart from that, we uh, curate career resources, career events. We put out a lot of stories of inspiration. So NetNet, it's an ecosystem that, that, that you know, that, that, that's for the aspirational woman, the woman who wants to go out there and chase her dreams. Uh, and irrespective of what her dreams are, she can, she can do something about them. And we, of course, create partnerships. We work with companies. We get opportunities for them, from them. We work with companies who have skilling and certification, companies who help in you know, higher education, exec education, certifications, workshops, and companies who want to engage with women. So basically, all stakeholders in the same place served in, in a really easy manner is what constitutes Shiro's. Wonderful. Thank you so much for this very comprehensive um explanation. I was very impressed. I, I looked, looked up a little bit your, your previous um, interviews and your TED talk and, and also some of your, uh, what you believe in. And, and I, of course, what speaks particularly to us is that your ambition also goes into the um, idea of a more of a systemic change, right? Work-life redesign. Um, 
maybe for because we have such a global audience, if you could tell listeners a little bit about the state of work-life balance or work-life uh, integration in India and and maybe what are the trends, what are maybe the still existing barriers for, for women? Right. So I think uh, it's a very interesting uh you know, question, because I think uh, I call India the leapfrog generation, right? Uh, when the whole world was, uh, you know, trying to get mobile, uh, was trying to get landline telephones, India basically did not get the landlines, did not get the pagers, but went on to get mobile first, right? So we were the first country to sort of, uh, you know, adopt mobile phones because we did not ha- have adequate amount of landlines and we were the fastest growing mobile adoption anywhere in the world. And I think where we are today, uh, so we are demographically very uniquely placed. One, we produce the maximum number of women graduates in the world. Two, we have a large number of people who are young uh, and entering the workforce and looking for opportunities. The third trend, which is also a global trend, that jobs are being automated. Jobs are becoming uh, micro-entrepreneurial opportunities. You know, so think Uber, think Airbnb, you know, think Mechanical Turk, think Elon's. Uh, and, and that trend also reflects in India very, very strongly. And at the same time, we are still a country that is very divided in terms of urban and rural, digital and non-digital. Uh, it's a very, very complex work. However, uh, I think the big level that we are sitting on, and that is sort of game-changing, and not only for India and perhaps a lot of developing world, is uh, access to digital, access to technology, access to resources via using mobile phones. Uh, that did not exist below. And th- this has brought down access barriers significantly. You know, so imagine somebody who could not make it to Ivy League, but can train themselves using the internet. Imagine somebody who's, uh, you know, who lives in a city or a town that's not connected by road, but has internet. And that pretty much changes how they consume information, how they interact with the world, how commerce happens. And I think that those are, you know, the big trends. At the same time, we know that Globally, the future of work is micro-work, it's micro-entrepreneurship, it is more tech-based, it's more on-demand, it's more millennial-led, it's also shorter business cycles, it's shorter life cycles around organizations, Uh, it's also very flat in its nature, and of course it's super open, super transparent, and everything is being played out on social media in real time. So I think fundamentally these trends are impacting how we work, how we look at uh, opportunities, how opportunities get treated, uh, you know, how they grow. I think the most interesting takeaway from Shiro's perspective is that, uh, you know, here are women who were not able to be, who were not able to join what we call the success or the fruits of industrial revolution, right? The division of labor, the family systems were very, very ossified. You know, women worked at home and men worked in offices or factories and, you know, people had a very scheduled work day. The work finished at 5 p.m. And uh, that's how it ran. But guess what? The biggest beneficiary of the digital revolution, the on-demand work, the online world, 
could be women because now work can reach where women are women could be at home and be aligned to work so focus on remote work virtual work helping companies adopt trends in virtual work. Those are some big bets we are taking. And we believe this change one, the gender parity question. And um, not only in India, but for a lot of countries, it could also bridge the gap between stereotypes, the male stereotypes and the female stereotypes, because work is becoming more and more gender agnostic, location agnostic, hierarchy agnostic. And that means that uh, you wouldn't be able to figure out who's really performing the job at the end of the screen if you weren't told, right? So I think that's really breaking down barriers. Mm. It also allows men more freedom and also come out of the male stereotype that has been propagated on them for a very, very long time. The breadwinner stereotype is the least spoken about stereotype. And I think that will get shattered as more and more boundaries around work become seamless, more automation happens, more entrepreneurial stuff happens, you know, and of course the jobs of the future are not going to be the jobs that you and I know of. That's fundamentally changing, you know, so either it's technology led or empathy led or stories led or creativity led, but they're definitely not going to be as frameworked as the jobs of, you know, 80s were or 70s were for that matter. So I think these are super exciting trends which sort of give us, uh, you know, give us give us uh, an opportunity to build newer models, newer formats. So when I look at my helpline, for example, I think the helpline allows women sitting in any part of the country to reach us by just using an app, right? And, you know, and more people have mobile phones than they have computers. Yeah. And it just opens a world of opportunity for them because here's somebody on the other end who can feed them information, who can share an empathetic conversation, who can open windows for them. And this is then, an, this basically has a network effect for one person who gets it also, you know, pays it forward in some way or the other, whether she just does it for herself or she does it for somebody else. And then it's, it's an unstoppable revolution. I, I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And also because... Um, while you were talking, um, I was just thinking for about your the helpline and this ecosystem where you co- connect women and peers. It's so important to break out of your isolation and in a way yes. also to break out from your own head because we really sabotage ourselves, right, about being anxious and worried. C- could I really do that? This isn't for me. I shouldn't be doing this. And, and I think... This is such a vital part of the work that you're doing is is enabling women to speak to others who have had the same fears, the same same self-doubt, but have maybe taken already three steps and and help others take them along. And and in a way, it totally resonates with how um, this lean in movement went from okay, you need to lean into, we need to help others, you know, women have to help yeah. other women. And I think this is so much more relatable, this idea of, of, of how can we women come together and help each other with, with the essentially universal doubts about our capabilities, about our confidence and, and, and these digital technologies and the new world of work, as you just explained so well, really creates this platform when this can actually really happen absolutely 
I think the, the possibilities are so immense. And it's also basically, uh, you know, everybody's an enabler. Nobody's waiting for somebody to come in and sort of help them because our job is to just put the, you know, the, the platform in place, the fundamentals in place. And then, you know, people take over. People are smart and they know what they want and they can drive that, that success for themselves. Now, maybe um, zooming in a little bit uh, from, from this macro level, Um, would you like to share a couple of examples, stories, um, uh, you know, cases that particularly uh, stood out or that you remember most fondly where such a matchmaking happened or a spark happened? Right, absolutely. You know, there are tons of them. You know, the, the, so, you know, our, our, our helpline process has uh, addressed uh, over a million queries from women. And uh, that has really sort of given us an insight into, you know, uh, so many lives and so many of their aspirations. But, uh, you know, so, for example, a very interesting case that I want to share with you is uh, we have somebody from the community who works out of this little village called Wapi. It's in Gujarat. You know, if you if you sort of looked at the business map of India, Wapi would never be on the map. You would, you know, somebody from Wapi living in Wapi would never expect to have a corporate job. But because now we run remote solutions for companies, may help them sort of manage work, work, virtual work, and you know, get the best out of this talent pool. Or uh, you know, here is somebody who, who in another scenario would have been a housewife with no income, maybe no bank uh, account. Uh, you know, is, is earning a fair wage, is, you know, is contributing to her family income. But more than that, I think she's just contributing to her whole self-pride and being a role model for her children, her husband, you know, women in her community. And I think that's the case for thousands of women who are part of the network, who've leveraged it for their own success. And the other interesting, you know, story that I want to share is we once did an analysis of opportunities that get shared on shields and we found that about 60% opportunities are shared by women themselves so women who come in let's say as a let's say a business owner or an HR professional or a part of the community who got help also understand the need to connect it's a network so their first preference is to go and and hire more women, whether they've been asked to or not, it just is a natural reaction. And and I think that's that's a huge enabling effect because that means that, you know, we, we are sort of reaching what they call the gender diversity targets without having any quotas, without driving any big budget campaigns, without sort of doing the PR of it. There's just so much going on. And I think those are sort of very, very impressive stories. And of course, we have women from really small town India, places you, you know, we struggle to find on the map, reaching out, sharing their stories. And of course, also finding, you know, it's almost like a listening service, you know, and, and listening is scarce in this day and age. There's a lot of noise, right? Uh, yeah, we have a lot of information. You know, all of us have access to information, but attention is a scarce commodity. And I think if we can help bridge that gap a little bit and still make very pragmatic connects, you know, ultimately it still boils down to the opportunity, boils down to the quality of, you know, wage level, income level, quality of work, quality of, uh, you know, uh, you know, skill or network this person has. 
very important parameters at the end of the day as well. And if this conversation can make them happen, if, you know, if somebody can get help by just, you know, a little, you know, technology and little enabling, I think then, then the amount of women that we can potentially impact in our lifetime is massive. And, you know, and that's what, what excites us a lot. Fantastic. Now, um, before we go, unfortunately, to the last question, Sari, may I ask you to tell listeners about the website uh, or Twitter or, or where they can find out more about Shiro's, where they can find out more about your work and maybe get in touch with you? Absolutely. We would love to share that. So uh, we can be found online on uh, in. That's S-H-E-R-O-E-S dot I-N. And uh, we can also be found on uh, the Google uh, Play Store. Uh, and if you just search for Shiro's, you will be able to find our app and our helpline. And, you know, you could take it for a spin. And our Twitter handle is at Shiro's India. And that's the same for Facebook as well. And, of course, you could tweet to us. You could write into care at Shiro's.in. You could write to me personally at Sari at Shiro's.in. And happy to have a conversation, happy to make connects, or happy to basically grow the story. Uh, you also organize Shiro's summits. Um, yes. do, do you have already some dates in mind for 2017 um, where maybe people should be looking out for? Absolutely. So we normally organize the summit in August. Mm -hmm. So August is earmarked for the summit. We do it in Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore. This year we may add a city or two, uh, depending on the calendar. But uh, uh, every Friday of August is basically a summit for us. So, you know, we take it to, to the entire country. We take it to Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore. And they are the largest uh, women at work conferences in India. And they also bring together the two very important stakeholders, women and companies, uh, together for a conversation, for some soul searching, for some connecting, for some fun. So please reach out to us if you're interested in the Shiro Summit. Wonderful. Now, coming to the last question, which is um, always the same on the Work Life podcast, if, if I could ask you, Sadi, um, to give an advice to a CEO of a, of a company, how they could unleash the potential of women and, and attract qualified women, what would be your first advice that comes to mind? Right. So I think uh, I say this to a lot of CEOs when I meet them and I want to, you know, share the same that open every opportunity to women. You know, I find a lot of stereotyping in opportunities, you know, that we will hire women only in tech or non-tech or operations or whatever. I think if you just opened out every opportunity to more women, your ratios of application, the, the familiarity a large number of women have with your company will go up. So invest in becoming more and more familiar to, to the people you want to employ. And do not be very selective about it because uh, then what you're really doing is you're narrowing your own market size. You're narrowing your own target audience. And that's not a very healthy trend from whatever you know we have seen in terms of data. And of course, I think uh, build it as part of your business, build it as part of your PNL. Know why you're doing it and don't assign it to, you know, the lowest in your hierarchy or, you know, uh, it, unless diversity and getting more women as part of your business system is planned properly in terms of, you know, the balance sheet effect, the bottom line effect, 
that, it's very hard to scale it. And we find a lot of programs drop off because they're being done as uh, as a patchwork over you know over 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 an organization that has had very little cognizance of why diversity matters why is diversity not central to our to our you know business to our markets to what we are doing as part of our strategy so make it integral and i think uh, at the same time feel free to play with it you know do more experiments do small pilots take more chances you know uh, I think this is this is the best time to sort of break any stereotypes that your organization has been harboring, things you have never done before. This is how it is done is actually not really cool anymore, you know. So find new ways to do things and I'm sure you will find your own answers. Wonderful. This is um, absolutely fantastic advice and, and you know, it so, so resonates with the whole philosophy of Shiro's and also really transpires from your own personality side and and I've been uh, it, it was a real privilege uh, listening to you share the story and your insight and I wish you the best of success in the future thank you thank you so much it's a pleasure I love the work you're doing all the best to you more power to you and look forward to staying connected <laughs>